0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Zalit, And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Female Lens.
1: This week we're talking about female directors supporting other female directors during this year's award season. We also chat with Reddit director Amber Seely, who just premiered her short film at the Sundance Film Festival. Stay tuned. <laughs> This week in Women in Film the News, we wanted to discuss the full-page ad that was taken out in Variety to support female directors. The ad was prompted by the DGA Award nominees being announced, and no female directors were nominated.
0: And none were also nominated at the Academy Awards that were just announced. Yeah, so
1: double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, according to this article that we found in uh, um, Forbes.com, director Rama Mosley sent an email to 50 of her female directors, you know, I guess they have a a nice email chain group. Yeah. (laughs) And was basically like, yo, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And the email chain grew and, and basically it eventually got to the point where they were raising money to, um, run this full page ad in variety. And they reached that goal. Um, we saw in their PayPal and
0: in the DGA, um, program.
1: Oh yeah. They also raised a stretch goal to Mm -hmm. make that, um, that a reality. So, um, yeah, we just kind of wanted to chat about the significance of this and also kind of what it's saying to the rest of the industry. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I thought it was really interesting too. It kind of reminded me of when we talked about Nicole Kidman, Mm. that this is really a grassroots effort. It's an individual effort. Um, and I think it's pretty impressive that they did this, but it's also interesting that it was literally just a bunch of women getting together and deciding this was wrong and they wanted to do something about it. Totally. Totally. Um, And I have an interesting quote Mm. from Paige Morrow Mm Kimball. She's the director of Sesame Street. She says, The problem is systemic. It starts with the lack of opportunities given to female feature directors on large budgeted films. Smaller films don't have the marketing dollars behind them to get seen and voted for. It's an unlevel playing field.
1: Um, Yeah, I think that's a great quote. I also feel like uh, Hanel Culpepper, one of the other Mm -hmm. directors that was kind of at the the, um, head of this... Um, talked about how they chose the films that were represented. Right. Sixteen female directors mm-hmm. were represented in the ad, and they wanted to make sure that the process they used to choose those directors was fair. Um, it wasn't just like their opinion with yeah. you know the with other people on the email the chain year was, year. but yeah. um, they used like a consensus of data of of looking at best of um, mm-hmm. Metacritic and Rotten Tomato scores um, to really kind of fully look at the whole picture.
0: Yeah. And they did, and they came up with these sixteen female directed films, many of which we have seen and loved. Yes. And um, their hashtag that they're using is hashtag women direct. And if you see it, then promote it. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely it.
1: created um, a buzz on social media which is which is awesome. Yeah. And ultimately it just comes down to the fact that representation matters. Mm-hmm. I think That's kind of like, you know, the theme that's running through it, but just seeing it and in different forms and whatever that is, is so important, whether it's an ad or seeing their movies or, you know, et cetera. Um, Supporting female directors is super important. Hey Larkin, you know what all this rain in LA makes me want? what a good book with a good glass of wine
0: well you can grab both at vinovore the wine and goods store in silver lake vinovore sells wine by female winemakers and books by female authors making it your one-stop shop for a rainy afternoon head over to the store or order a bottle online at vino-4.com that's v-i-n-o dash dot com
1: b-r-b gonna
0: go and now here's our interview with Amber Seely, writer-director of the short film How Does It Start, which just premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. A little bit about her film. With her self-absorbed parents distracted by their recent divorce, 12-year-old Rain is left alone to navigate the complexities of love and adulthood and learns to do it her own way. We had a great time chatting with Amber, and later we were joined by her main actress, Lola Wayne Villa.
2: Thanks so much for joining us, Amber. Yeah, no, it's fun. Thanks for...
1: Joining me in my pajamas, we love it. <laughs> um, we're just going to jump right in. Can you tell us about the genesis of how does it start and what you're examining in this short film?
2: Yeah. So, uh, well, it's two things really. The first thing was that I found my old diaries from when I was like 10, 11, and twelve, and it was just you know page after page of me being like, I have a crush on this person. Now, what does kissing feel like? What is it? You know, and and also just a snapshot of what it was like in the '80s when you were. Um, really searching for answers to these really big, deep questions, but the access to information was very different from how it is today. You know, we didn't have the Internet. If you wanted to research up on something, you had to first get a ride to the library, get a library card, ask the librarian to help you. You know, it was like a whole, maybe f- sort of few days-long ordeal just to, like, what now you can, like, Google something. Um, and so it was. it's partially about, you know, reminiscing about that really important phase in anyone's life. And then the other piece of it is, is that I started to feel like, so sort of going really macro here, I started to feel like um, as a society and as an industry, um, we don't have a lot of films that celebrate female pleasure. Like I feel like culturally we're much more comfortable talking about male pleasure and it's much more um, socially acceptable on, on screen and in films. And I feel like we have a lot of films with young boys who are like 10, 11, 12, who are masturbating or spying on girls or interested in sex. And it's seen as like sweet and funny and healthy and normal and like even kind of, oh, ha, ha those boys. Um, and I feel like young girls at that same age when they're in cinema, if it's if, the, if it's the theme is something with sex, they're usually being molested or abused or something. And I was like, wow, you know, girls that age, they also have a very, you know, developmentally normal uh, interest in sex, and why is that not really being depicted in, in films? And so I felt like I wanted to kind of... There was a missing chapter in the canon of films on female sexuality, and I wanted to kind of add to that. Um, and I guess it's also because I feel like um, that, like I said earlier, that, that female sexuality or female pleasure is not as valued as much as men is. Men's men's is, whatever the plural is of that. Um, and I feel like if we could remedy that a little bit or get more comfortable talking about it, that, that would, that's like a, a thing that I think would kind of help alleviate some of the sexism that we have in our society. I mean, I feel like part of the reason why we don't have more female politicians or more female directors is maybe because... Um, you know we don't allow women to really be in charge of their own lives their own bodies their own sexuality and and their own pleasure and so for me like it might seem like that's a big leap but like I really do think like all the arguments about abortion and consent and birth control they really are connected also to the concept of female pleasure and how like Male pleasure is just assumed the norm You know, like Viagra is covered by insurance And the birth control pill is not So all of these things to me like They might seem like a stretch But for me they're not They're actually very linked Um, And so at its kind of core I mean there's obviously a plot and a narrative Around the film But at its core like there's a kernel for me Of just wanting to normalize that conversation About young girls' interest in And investigations in into, you know, their own pleasure. Can you talk about
0: the journey of your film making its premiere at Sundance this year?
2: The journey? Yeah. Well, so I made this film through what is called the AFI DWW, which is the Directing Workshop for Women. And uh, it's that program, I don't know if you guys know about it, but it's been around since 1974 and it's had some really amazing alums. And I was attracted to that program because I, you know, in this industry, it's hard for women to like make a living and have the same opportunities as men. And so I was looking around me and like, OK, who are the women around me who are making a great living and doing this and what programs did they do and and a lot of them did this program so I was like great I'm going to do that program Um, and so it's a really wonderful kind of sisterhood I mean you really like once you're in there it's like this band of women who really want to help each other and kind of further the cause for everyone Um, But in the program, you are required to make a short film, uh, and most of us make short films that are either based on it, like an episodic series or a feature film that we want to make. And so for most of us, it's a sort of proof of concept for a larger project that we want to do, and that was the case for me. I actually wrote the feature script of this film a few years ago as part of the film independent labs, the directing lab. And it's funny, I was trying to make the feature film a few years ago, well before me too and all of that. And you know I would take these meetings with financiers and um, and they were kind of like, well, let's couldn't she be 16 like why you know And I was, my feeling you know i didn't say this in the room but my feeling was like you're missing the entire point like if you want to make her 16 a like we have that story already we have the story of the 15 16 year old girl who's like losing her virginity and first but this is not that story this is like the pre you know it's like the pre coming of age kind of thing where you're interested in sex but you're actually not old enough to have it you know you're you're just figuring out what that is um and so then in the interim i made another feature film and then uh finally made this short film as part of that program as i said and then now we've had the me too movement and i think we're culturally at a different point where we're finally ready to talk about these things in a different way be more comfortable with the uncomfortable and so uh now my meetings with financiers for the feature, because that's my next plan is to make the feature. um Are are much more like Oh yes we really need this Like and of course She has to be 12 And I even had one meeting With this one financier Who will go nameless But like Who literally said to me Like I met him once A few years ago when he was like Let's make her 16 And then I met him again A few years later And he was like Oh my god it's so great And I love that she's 12 Like that's so appropriate And now but this is the thing I don't know if he even remembers that conversation but it's kind of wonderful that he got to the place of understanding now whether it was that culturally we went through a shift and he shifted in his own brain um, but that's I feel like we're at a place now where we're like kind of people are ready to talk about that um Wow, I don't even remember what the question was. You covered it, you <laughs> answered it. it was I feel Yeah, um, journey to Sundance. I'm sorry, I'm so tired, you guys. I, as I'm really I said, enjoying these answers. D- can we just note that I am in my pajamas and just <laughs> s- <I'm> so tired? <laughs> Sundance is really hard to um, just the basics of like getting around, finding food, finding water, like getting a lift. Staying it's, warm, staying, staying human. Warm, <laughs> yeah, staying human. It's oh, intense and man. living on ice. Yeah, it's like that's the thing is you didn't. I, no one prepped me for like how everyone's like, oh my god, it's so intense. But I didn't. I knew it would be like meetings and people and all of that. But I didn't really realize how it's like. Oh no, it's just survival. Survival. Like just not freezing in the cold, finding food and water. Those are the things. That are <laughs> <laughs> are getting yes. sleep. <laughs> yes, sleep, food, water. Remembering to pee. I keep forgetting <laughs> to go pee. All that is, is, is. Yeah, that's that's the really hard part about Sundance. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, when we watched your short film, we were really blown away. We felt like it was so exciting to see because I feel like we haven't seen that story really on screen. And we were really curious about how the casting process worked um, for casting these amazing young actors
2: um, who told this really interesting story that we haven't seen. So I love my actress so much. Uh, Lola Wayne Via, who um, plays Rain. Um, well, the casting process was it was intense it was long and um I had a a wonderful casting director um Yvette and then I had another woman who is a casting director who was an advisor to the AFIDWW program and she had recommended um Heidi is her name and she had recommended so I actually got my two Lolas that both Sheila and Rain are both named Lola and Alex the boy who plays Quinn um Actually, no, that's not true. Sorry, Alex didn't. But my two Lolas had come through. Heidi Levitt. She had recommended them. She had. They had auditioned for her, and um, and then we just also auditioned. You know, I I've never counted, but it was it was in the hundreds i think of of children i'm very particular with well actors in general but also kid actors you know when you're casting kids you're casting the whole family because the parents are going to be there on set with you and the parents and the way the parents relate to the material is going to inform the way the children relate to the material so we really lucked out we got all like all of the parents are so smart and progressive and we're totally on board with this like you know feminist theme and uh when we were casting I was envisioning that some of the you know I I was like okay it's possible I could find a kid who I really want to do this and their parent is like uncomfortable with it and um I mean I I knew how I was gonna I had planned a way to shoot all the scenes so that the kids didn't know what was happening in the scenes I was going to kind of manufacture this way And so when I was auditioning, I was like, all right, I might find a parent who is not on board with any of this, and they'll want me to give a a doctored script to the kids, you know, so that I had had a a script that I had written, where I had cut out, like, any of the more sexual scenes or moments. Um, And luckily when I met the parents of the actors that I was interested in, I was like, so hey, listen. I sat them down. I said, this is the script. I want you to read it. I wouldn't send it out. I didn't send it to any of the agents or anything. I was like, but this, I want you to sit here in the casting office, read the script, and then talk to me, and I'm going to tell you how we're going to shoot this. And I think because I had approached it so conscientiously, and I'm a mom as well. I have two kids, so I was always like... "I." the kids being comfortable and safe was always really important to me and I think that the parents just because I was you know they could sense that and because of the way that I was talking about it they were like okay and they felt safe and miraculously all the parents were like no I'm cool with all all my kid reading the full script exactly as it is they have their own process like they really trusted their kids and trusted their kids process and so all my kids knew the whole exactly what was happening read the thing and I think this is the thing like what I'm trying to say with the movie is like kids are really smart and they're getting a lot more. So they're understanding and comprehending and witnessing and seeing and even assimilating so much more than we think they are. And, and so these kids, they, they are living that. I mean, they all are really like, you know, 11, 12, 13 in real life. So like they're, this is very pre- prescient, prescient. How do you say that word? I never know how <laughs> yes, to say <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but anyway, the kids are, they're living this thing right now. And so for them, it's very, You know, like timely, and it didn't feel like foreign. Or a lot of people ask me, like, how did you prep them? You know, it's like these kids, all they're thinking about is crushes that they have on other people right now. Anyway, so for them, I'm like, they're like, oh yeah, this is normal. We forget though, as adults, that
0: that's what they're going through. Yeah,
2: you guys are really good at the silent laugh. Oh yeah,
1: (laughs) we're like, let's not
2: include that, so we can. (laughs) We'll just laugh uh, with our faces. <laughs> You're like, I want the person who I'm talking to to like know that I'm enjoying what they're Thank saying, you for but up. I don't. I, I see. I see. You. Good work. I- <laughs> um, to, please note, they're both laughing right <laughs> now.
0: So your vision and visual language of the film felt so specific and intentional. How did you communicate that with your DP Ava Burkowski, and
2: collaborate together? So Ava Burkovsky, I love her, and um, she. Let's see. I the my DPs who I had worked with before who I also love they like you have to shoot AFI says you have to sh- they give you the week that you have to shoot like it's you don't get to pick the days so uh, so I was like oh I have to shoot this week and my DPs that I'd worked with before were they were on features and were unavailable and so I um watched a whole bunch of short films that had gone through AFI, you know, done the same program and all the one, like there were like these ones that stood out to me visually and each one I was like, okay, who's the DP? Ava Burkowski. Who's the DP? Ava Burkowski. So then I was like, okay. So I go on Facebook. We have, you know, a hundred friends in common. I'm like, great. Which friend is going to introduce me? So I got, you know, connected to her and we just had lunch together and like really just clicked and I just felt like I was like yeah she's the right person for this for this story and um, we you know I had done my own shot list and kind of had the visuals in my head and then we sat down to get you know it all it's the shot list also is a kind of a, amorphous thing that changes and grows and so I had done mine on my own first and then Ava and I got together and we had a, a number of days where we together then re-shotlisted and you know changed some things because after when I had shotlisted we didn't have any of our locations set so then when Ava and I sat down we then did have our locations and photos so then we're able to kind of switch it up <clears throat> a little bit based on where we are going to actually be shooting and then um so on the day of course I, I you know, things happen. We didn't have all the equipment that we were supposed to have. So then we couldn't actually do a lot of the shot listed stuff that we had had in mind. This is, you know, low budget cinema here, folks. Um, And so we actually, I had to create a lot of the shots like on the fly, um, which was because because of the said missing equipment. Um, But that was a really nice experience too. Like, I mean, it was nice to know that like, if everything you plan and then you, you know, I mean, that happens, right? You plan to a T and then you get in the room and you're like, oh, everything is completely different. And so I actually kind of thrive on that in the moment, like figuring things out. So, but Ava's just amazing. You know, I mean, she, she can shoot anything and, and her and I just had a great working relationship. And I don't know, it was very, it just like was very fluid. And we both, we both kind of know when an image sings, like you just, have that feeling, you know, you just, it's the same thing with your phone, you know, you're like moving around and then you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you just like you feel it in your body, like when it's the the shot that you want. So we did end up having to do a little bit of that, like kind of finding it in the moment because some of the equipment we didn't have that we needed for, but you know, I, I love the way it looks. So. And speaking of location,
0: how did you get the location with the airplane? Could you talk a little bit about yeah, that? That was amazing. Airplane.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like I suddenly, because everyone asked me about that and I'm like, "Oh yeah, here's the address where it is." And now I'm like, "Wait a minute. I'm not going to <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't remember where the airplane. is. I'm not going to tell anyone." Yeah. Um, no. It the airplane, so in originally in the script, I knew that I wanted her to have this like, you know, safe kind of fort place and it was going to kind of be it was going to be a teepee because I grew up in New Mexico and I had a teepee in my backyard and that was like where we would go and play like, you know, spin the bottle and all those games that we played when we were kids. So originally in the script, it was a teepee fort sort of thing. And I was looking for something like that because, again, in, as part of the AFI program, you have to shoot in the studio zone, the L.A. studio zone. And so it had to be – I needed this very special, interesting-looking, you know, desert teepee in L.A. And I was like, uh, I could not find it. And so then I shifted and I was like, okay, well, what if it's like an old abandoned um, mobile home or something like, you know – And we were so we were driving around all the sort of weird, you know, there's a lot of nooks and crannies in the studio zone, like really cool, weird stuff. So we were driving around there. And it was as I was searching out those old kind of decrepit mobile homes. I just we were literally in our passenger van on the location scout. And like I saw and I was like, what is that? And I was like, stop the van. And I just it just struck me. And I was like, this is stunning. And then like things come together that way. Like and then it was such a a great metaphor for like, oh, here's this girl who like wants to lift off, wants to take off, wants to learn and, you know, sort of travel, you know, go from one place to the next. And she can't, both by the nature of, like, her parents and being 12, you know, like, you, can't, you that's a time in your life when, like, you want to go places, but you literally can't. You can't drive, you're not in charge of your own schedule, you don't get to choose, like, whether you go to school or not, you know, it's like, um, so I just thought that the airplane was a really great metaphor for that, for the, like, wanting to fly but not yet being ready or not yet being able Hearing you talk
1: about planning so much for, you know, the shoot and the shots and the equipment not coming through um, reminds me a lot of theater and the sense that you, you know, prepare everything and then who knows what's going to happen on stage. Um, We learned that you have a background in theater and dance. Can you talk about how that has influenced your filmmaking?
2: I had a really organic, like, uh, sort of move into filmmaking. I started out doing uh, theater and modern dance and uh, doing a lot of what's called devised theater. I lived in London for a long time and we worked with these physical theater companies, they're called. And so for that, you just have, like, a group of people that you like and think are interesting. You have no script. You don't have any set. You don't even know, like what it's about. And together you do these series of, uh, I mean, there's so many ways to get to the material, but whether it's improv exercises or, uh, you know, just physical exercises. Um, and you come up with the whole story, the whole script, the whole play, the plot, the set that way. So it's basically like creating something out of nothing. And that has really informed the way that I work just as a filmmaker. Like I'm very kind of intuitive and, and, uh, I love improv, I love uh, creating new things in the moment, so I do I really believe strongly in planning, and then I also believe in, like, and leave room for new things, so... Um, yeah like I so I started out doing devised physical theater and then that sort of we started incorporating like video and I started doing performance art with video involved and then my interest I just started getting more and more interested in the video part of it and so then from there I made my first feature film called A plus D I shot that in London and then uh, I actually uh, came over here to edit it and then it was released here And it was kind of like an experiment. It took me a long time to figure out that I was a director. Like, I think I didn't even, you know, I started as an actor, and I didn't even really realize that women could be directors. Like, And I've now worked with some really amazing female directors as an actor, but in the beginning it was like we just weren't guided that way like if you were interested in the arts as a girl you were like oh well you're going to perform then you're going to be on the stage you're decorative you know and so it took me a long time to realize that I was also a writer and a director and a producer and I had these other pieces where I was like oh actually no I I have something to say um not that performers don't they do as well but um yeah I'm sort of rambling I know it's not really making sense but it just was an organic movement from devised theater into filmmaking and And it took me, you know, a good sort of 10 years to really, that feeling of like, I'm actually a director to kind of coalesce. What have you been most excited about at Sundance this year? I gotta say that sitting here in my pajamas is pretty great right now. (laughs) This is like the first, like, um, every day has been so packed. Like, people keep saying, what are you doing next? And I'm like, I literally don't know. I just checked my phone. I have to look at, (laughs) like, oh, my schedule is okay. And then I do the thing and then that meeting ends and I'm like where am I going next okay so it's just like you go from meeting to meeting to you know party to screening whatever um so it's very intense and um but you wait, you asked me what was the best part. What am I saying? What are you excited what about? Am excited?
0: <laughs> what have you been excited about? Have you had the chance to see any other films or will you be able to?
2: Yes. I, I have tickets for stuff later in the week because the, the first, you know, weekend is so busy and crazy and so many people are here. So that's when I was doing a lot of meetings and stuff. Um, but I'm going to see stuff. And I've obviously seen all the other shorts in my program and they're all amazing. Um, but I think, the you know, the most exciting thing really is just the feeling of camaraderie. Like, I, all of the like we're all in this together we're all so excited and tired and confused and happy and um, and there really is like a big feeling of love from all the other filmmakers and the programmers and I mean all the staff here I think everyone is so excited to be at Sundance it's such a once in- a lifetime opportunity and um, and it's like that coupled with the survival elements it just makes for a really almost like a really vulnerable feeling from everyone. And so when you're in that state, I think everyone is kind of what's nice is everyone's sort of reaching out and loving each other and supporting each other. Like I don't feel any uh competitiveness or people putting on airs or everyone's just being really real and really loving and so it does it feels like a big melting pot of love. <laughs> that I think is the piece that's the most most exciting for me.
1: What a beautiful note to yeah, end on. Thanks amazing. so much, Amber. <laughs> Uh, it was really great chatting with you and hearing your thoughts. So yeah. thank, you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So we just chatted with Amber Seely, and now we're chatting with the main actress of How Does It Start, Lola, Lola Wayne. V. V. Yeah. There we go. We did it together. <laughs> Hi. Awesome. Hi, Lola. Hi. Um, great. So we just wanted to to chat with you and ask you a couple questions about your experience working on the film. Can you tell us about what made you excited to work on on the short film?
3: Um. Well. I first heard of the short film when I got an email from my manager about it and then I don't know sometimes I have like I don't know how to explain it it's like this like not not gratitude what's it called like I'm like pulled towards a project because I like feel something within it and I'm really like drawn towards more like depth within projects which I really liked about it and I didn't I mean I knew what was going on but I didn't really know like exactly what was going to happen so like the mystery of it was really cool and um I really fell in love with the character and And you, I had to audition for both roles which I didn't realize until the day of the audition that I had to do both okay. um until Amber asked me uh which one do you like the best and I said Rain which was really cool so
0: and Amber you said that you had a story about Lola that you wanted to tell us was there a story
2: well just yeah the, I mean um So obviously, when you're casting, you have in your mind, like what this character looks like, right? Mm -hmm. And kids walk in, and they look all different ways. And and they're all kind of I mean, they're all amazing. You know, in some ways, I'm the worst casting person, because I want to cast everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was funny. So Lola walked in. And, you know, she's this beautiful, blonde, blue eyed. And I was sort of in my head, I had pictured an actor that looked a little bit more like me when I was a kid, which was not beautiful. And, and I mean, I was a great kid, but anyway. Uh, and so I was sort of like, oh, you know, she's too pretty or she's too whatever. Um, and then she started the reading and like, it was just instant goosebumps, like ting, like she just had this depth and gravity to her. And it was like, she was so grounded and smart and you know, a lot of kids when they come into audition, it's like they're very sort of Disney-fied and they're they're trying to be on. And, you know, and I remember you asked me a question that was so smart and so, like, connected to who the character Rain was. And I had you, you know, I think you did it a couple times and it was just like, it just felt, I can't even, It was a. it's a feeling that happens very rarely that you're just like, oh my God. And then you left the room and I turned to my casting director and I was like, did you feel that? Like it had been a really long day. It was at the end of our day. And I was like, am I just like tired or high or something from not eating? Like, and, and she was like, no, I felt that too. Like, it was just this tingling. And, and so, um, yeah, it was pretty like, you know, from the minute she walked in, it was pretty like, okay, that, that kid's amazing. So, and then she proved herself you know, like on set, she was, totally professional i mean we were all of our kids were but lola like she didn't come we had it was a really rough you know you're limited to shooting only for five days it was the heat wave in july of los angeles so we were literally shooting in 120 degrees inside that airplane because it was like a sauna in there she did not complain one single time so professional she didn't even sweat i don't know how she did
3: (laughs) well thank you
2: (laughs) What was your favorite part about
1: working with Amber and the rest of the actors? Um,
3: my favorite part about working with Amber was that, like, I can talk to her about anything, really, and, like, she's very, like, carefree about everything. So, like, if we have to try it a million times, she's really fine with that, but she wants to try it, like, a million times differently. So, like, every time I do something, it's very different, which is really fun to do because it's not, like, sticking to one plan. It's always sticking to, like a ton of different plans which is really fun um but working with the other actors I mean they're all very sweet and kind especially Eliza I love her so much um she's like my little minion but I I love her um but yeah
0: and what has your experience been like at Sundance is this your first Sundance Uh, yeah it's my
3: first Sundance yeah um it's been a lot of fun it's really cold which I'm not used (laughs) to um I'm walking a lot on my feet it's very busy but it's a lot of fun because I like busy
1: any other stories that you have, Amber, about about working with Lola?
3: I I
2: just wonder what's it like for you, Lola, like watching the movie and tell me about like when you read the script and you knew what the themes were about. Like, was that at all scary or confusing? Or and, and how does it feel watching the movie now? And just like you know, the themes are very adult in nature, and the movie is about kids, but it's not necessarily for kids. But you are still are a kid, and you've seen it now a bunch of times. So what do you? <laughs> can you just riff on that for a little bit? <laughs>
3: yeah. Um. Well, when I, like, heard the theme of the the script and the story, um, I I don't know, I I think it's, although it's, like, very, it's much for, although it is for kids, I mean, not the movie itself, but, like, the theme, I I don't know, it's something I've never really experienced myself, Um, so, like, during, like, acting and everything and during being on set, like I had to really think about like, what does this feel like? What does that feel like? Um but seeing myself on screen is really scary because like I, everyone's watching and it's almost like, you know, you're putting like all your hard work into something and then you don't and you're putting it out into the world and you don't really know how people are gonna react. Um and I think people reacted really well. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was an amazing experience and being able to see myself at Sundance on, like, a major screen with, like, I don't know, maybe 50, 100 people, like, something like that. I think that. it was, like, 250. Are 200 you serious? Whoa. I actually don't
2: know how many people that theater last night that's seats, awesome. but it was more than 50. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is a really scary thing to see yourself on screen, so that's, that's incredible. Does it make you want to do it more and keep acting? Uh,
3: yeah, definitely, because, like, even... Just being able to, like, like last night someone came up to me and was like, you're so amazing, like, that was incredible. And, like, I was like, thank you so much. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but, I, I mean, during, like, seeing people coming up to me and, and being able to thank me for what I did and saying that I'm incredible is just, like, a blessing. And I think it's amazing because it just makes me want to, like, keep doing it in order to have, not to have more people come and tell me that I'm <laughs> great, but just to, like, have other people um almost, like, appreciate, like, uh, something that we've done together that's really awesome
2: i mean you work really hard You're, oh, she's you. a really like she breaks down the script and like asks questions about objectives and where is this coming from and why is she doing this and like she really approaches it like a grown-up you know she's very she's a very mature approach to her craft and like and really sees it as a craft and and um like it's a special gift like she's a real actor you know not like she's not in it just for like the fame or the attention or whatever like she has a deep deep connection to i mean i remember you saying this like you felt so connected to who rain is and what she was going through and that really showed in her approach to the work thank
1: you so much lola thank for sitting you. down with us we really enjoyed your performance
2: thank and you so thank much. you again amber thank you yeah it was really fun keep making podcasts about women it's great
0: yay <laughs> you can find us at a lens.com and at a female lens on instagram and twitter You can email us at afemalelens at gmail.com. And you can download the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts,
1: where we'd love it if you left us a review. Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos are by Megan Cafferty. This podcast is produced by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell.